You are listening to the Press Church Podcast. Please enjoy this segment where Pastor Jeremiah and special guest Carl Van Wye discuss counseling within ministry. Hi, Press Church. This is Pastor Jeremiah with Press Church Podcast, and we've got a special guest for you today. Um, I know the I think the last time we did a podcast was with me and my wife, and uh, we talked to y'all at the beginning of the year. Uh, I have a friend of mine, Carl Van Wy the Fourth. He is uh, here today. They're they're in town visiting, and um, he's number four. So he's taken on the powers of the other three Carl Van Wys, and he is the uh, the best update of them all. Um, we're going to talk today about counseling. He is currently studying um, to become a counselor. His heart and passion is to be a counselor. Him and his wife went to the same Bible school that we went to, although it was a couple years before us. Um, and we met at the church in Dallas, Texas, at One Cause Church, um, when probably about six, seven years ago. And they have just been such great friends, uh, great encouraging brothers and sisters in the Lord. They've helped us through some difficult times, and, and hopefully we've uh, been there as well to, to help them through the ups and downs of life. He's served in so many different capacities in multiple churches. Um, when we were together in One Cause in McKinney, uh, he did janitorial work. He built all kind of stuff and mowed grass and fixed stuff. You know, me and him would go run around and change light bulbs and find stuff that was broken and maybe even break it to <laughs> repair it um, even better. And uh, he helped out with ushers. He helped out with kids' church. Uh, he did um, Bible studies. He did small groups. Uh, he did offering. He's preached. I mean, he's he's similar to me. We just, where there was a need, uh, he stepped up, him and his family, time and time again. Um, and I think that's what uh, attracted us uh, to them as as friends, um, that we could spend time away from the church and laugh and enjoy each other's company. Um, but also when it came down to it and it was time to do ministry, uh, whether that was on stage or behind the scenes, um, his work ethic was, and his whole family's work ethic that, that he's instilled in his family is um, impeccable to none. So uh, it's just such an honor and a privilege to have him here. Uh, he's done counseling for me and with me and with Maddie. Um, while he's doing his schoolwork, he had to do these, I call them personality tests. That's completely wrong. Correct mm-hmm. me. What is it called? A temperament test. A temperament test. Mm-hmm. Um, and we found out I do have a temper, um, <laughs> and we're working working on that as well. Uh, but he had to do temperament tests, and he did it on a lot of people, a lot of the staff at church and, and things like that. And we sat down and, and got to find out uh, why we do the things that we do, um, the emotions that we have, uh, just what God created us to, to be. And uh, through that, uh, it made the conversation with him so much easier. We worked close together in uh, some office buildings in North Dallas, and we would meet regularly for lunch. Um, and I don't know if he knows, uh, but those were my counseling sessions. Uh, and we just sat down and ate and we would talk about family. We would talk about work. We would talk about, 
uh, ministry and the church that we are currently attending, and we we also had the opportunity uh, to dream with each other mm. um, and encourage and push each other to achieve those dreams. Um, and when we we had issues or we had confusion or or we had negative emotions as men with insecurities, it was very encouraging that I could go to him, he could come to me, and, and we could build each other up. The scripture says that iron sharpens iron, and uh, I definitely found uh, a nice iron piece that uh, that sharpened me over, over the last eight to ten years of our friendship. So thank you so much for, for being here and taking some time out of your vacation to uh, talk with us. So mm. if you could just kind of share... Um, what counseling is to you and kind of how you went down that path, you know, of, mm-hmm. of what led you to want to be a counselor? Why do you want to hear other people's problems and issues and, and the, the bad side of life, I guess, and, and fixing that? Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, thank you, Pastor Jeremiah, for having me on this podcast, and I hope it benefits uh, everybody who gets a listen to it. Um, yeah, actually, I have a really good story about why I got into counseling and practically just how it helped me as a young person. Um, so early on, uh, I've always been fascinated with pastors and preachers. And, you know, I thought early on it was because of them preaching and teaching and being in the front or in the public eye. And I later realized later on in life, it was actually because of the time that they took with somebody during their, sometimes their darkest moments, uh, during their hardest times that they'll ever go through, um, people would reach out to their pastors and the pastors would be there. Um, And then pastors have a very unique role where sometimes they play counselor. And, you know, uh, and I'll give you the example when I was, 14, I was a young man, and I was, you know, just having a little trouble with motivation in life in general, and the way it came out was an issue with my schoolwork and not really understanding why algebra mattered, Mm. and I sat down with our pastor and my mom, and he gave me one of these temperament tests, and he was able to identify me in this temperament test as a melancholy And the melancholies um, have a very unique motivation where they're motivated by truth. And so for him, uh, he began to tell me, give me a better reason why algebra was important. And he said, Carl, algebra, it's not about algebra. It's more about learning the principle or the process of learning to play by a different set of rules. And he said, that skill you will use the rest of your life. He said, you go to play sports, you have to learn the rules for each different sports. He said, you want to go work for someone, they have different rules, each different place you work that you're going to have to learn. So he said, if you can learn this skill and learn that algebra has a different set of rules, and if you can learn how to master those, that skill will go with you the rest of your life. So... Instantly, that made sense to me. That was truth that brought motivation to me to say, oh, that makes sense. Okay, yeah, I can see I will use that skill the rest of my life, and I should give algebra a try. 
Um, the second time after taking algebra, I realized <laughs> engineering is probably not in my path. Yeah. And I should probably focus on people. Yeah. <laughs> well, good. And as you grew older um, with the decision to to pursue counseling, um, I guess what what did that path take you on? I mean, mm. I know you went to Bible school and, and you end up at one cause with mm-hmm. us. Um, but well, I guess where's that journey? How'd mm-hmm. you get there? And, and the journey that you're continuing on with your education and different things of, of you know, I guess I'm encouraging you to dream via mm-hmm. podcast right now of, of where that's looking like you as the counselor is going. You know, um, so, okay, I'll, I'll start at the beginning and then kind of share kind of where I think it's going to go in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the beginning, it actually started early right at that moment. So this pastor was kind of my male role model as well, and uh, not growing up with my biological father. Um, so he was very involved, uh, and actually to the point um, in counseling, where it ended up taking too much of his time. And eventually he had to resign from being the pastor uh, because he was counseling so much. And he, um, before he resigned, he offered a lot of training um, to the church. And so, and I'm trying to think of the name of it now. Okay, the name, there was a program early called Theophostic Counseling. And it was a method where you would try to allow your emotional triggers... Uh, to help kind of find you back and then ask Jesus to help you find the reason for this trigger and then ask Jesus, you know, what's the truth in that situation? Mm -hmm. And uh, what they found is during this time when people would hear from Jesus himself that it would transform them and it would be powerful enough to eradicate lies that they've believed to be true for years. And, And, you know, in all the memorizing, you know, stuff and telling people stuff or telling themselves stuff like, hey, I am a good person, I am a good person. But it was in a moment when they finally heard it from the Lord that he said, no, you're good, that then it, boom, it just broke um, the bondage. Anyways, but that was just... Well, when um, we were in the church in Dallas, Carl put on a marriage retreat. Oh, yes, um, that's right. And you brought a couple... That uh, was him. Was that the pastor? Yes. yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, does he have a book? Yes. Yeah, he has quite a few books. His name is Pastor Larry Lowe, and I, I can look up what his website is because okay. he's got. He also has a training for people that want to get into lay counseling. Okay. That I think when after I took his training uh, later on, I saw the quickest results that I've ever seen. Um, and he's got is your personal life or in counseling with in other counseling. Yeah. So in the counseling ministry, um, we've we've never saw results like we've seen in, after I took his training, and it was um, it's amazing. And it, and because it, it's mostly based in God, you yeah. know, it's just well when we went to the marriage retreat, that was the first kind of retreat for me and Maddie being married uh, to go to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't know what to expect. We both didn't know what to expect, and. Uh, Carl really was excited about this guy. This is his mentor. This mm-hmm. is a, a guy that he knows that has helped him and blessed him and his family and um, his career and things like that. Um, and so 
for me, the only counseling or marriage counseling that I had was TV based or, you know, movie based. And, um, it's always with the guy not talking and the wife sobbing and, (laughs) you know, the husband with his arms crossed and, Mm -hmm. The counselor just being like, how's that make you feel? Like, I, you mm. know, and so Carl had it set up at the marriage retreat that we would got to spend 30 minutes with the the husband and wife and um, Pastor Lowe. Yeah. Pastor and um, and so we went in there and nobody really was sharing with what, you know, I guess you don't have time to talk with other people because yeah. you're with your spouse at the marriage retreat. Yeah. So nobody's really telling you like what to expect when you go in there. Mm-hmm. And so I'm expecting to go in and just this grilling to happen mm-hmm. and it to be all my fault, you know, I'm not doing this, you know, which mm-hmm. is probably my own temperament, my mm-hmm. own insecurities. <laughs> um, but I'm just expecting for all this information to come out, uh, how terrible of a husband I'm going to be embarrassed. Like they're going to look down on me. Mm-hmm. Um, and he does exactly what you're saying. He tells you, well, close your eyes and, mm-hmm. and what's a, what's a, the first scene that comes to you or yeah. a memory that, that hurts you. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of a sudden this type of counseling that you're talking about, uh, it, there was just such peace in it. Yeah. It was like, you know, you thought of this painful memory and he says, well, what do you feel in that memory? Well, I feel pain, shame, sickness, anger, mm-hmm. whatever. Well, what does Jesus tell you? Yeah. He forgives you, he loves you, and you say those things out loud, which is yeah. you know, just the power of the tongue, the power yeah. of, of talking about it. And yeah. he says, well, now how do you feel afterwards? And I feel love, I feel peace, mm. I feel... Um, and both me and Maddie did it um, through that conversation and through that counseling with him wow. was night and day to what I thought counseling was going to be, which I'm yeah. assuming my idea of counseling probably exists out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but with this man and this method, yeah. uh, was very freeing. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And I was lucky enough to be kind of under his wing early on and I'll say, you know what, and you guys feel however you want to allow this to stay or not. But, um, <clears throat> you know, part of why a lot of people get into counseling is, they want to fix themselves. And so I can say early on, you know, I was more interested. I wasn't so interested in it to help people with it, but really to fix myself. Yeah. And, you know, growing up without a father in my life and then also experiencing some uh, sexual abuse as a kid, yeah. um, you know, really messes with your mind as a teenager yeah. And then messes with you as a, you know, growing up in a church where you're supposed to be pure and holy. And there was no conversation for, well, what if you came out unpure and unholy? Yeah. So where where do you stand now? And there wasn't any kind of conversation for that group. And so a lot of myself getting into this early on was to try to fix myself or to figure yeah. out, hey, well, why am I so screwed up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Still working on that answer. But we're getting <laughs> yeah. there. We're getting there. Okay. Yeah. So and, and how did how did and I come into play? Sure. So um I knew that I wanted some more uh just biblical understanding. And CF and I so much wasn't you know, interesting enough, it wasn't so much for counseling. Yeah. It was um I don't know. I guess just kind of a leading, like, hey, I wanted I wanted to spend some real time trying to study more of the Bible and the history of the Bible and try to get a better understanding of that. And um, 
And then also just to try to figure out where I, because I sensed a leading towards ministry, but it wasn't very clear. And yeah. I wasn't sure, like, where where am I going to serve? I didn't have a burning desire to get up on a pulpit and preach. like, yeah. But I had a burning desire to love people. And I had a burning desire to really um, serve people. And so part of coming to Christ for the Nations was to help me figure out what that was. Clear direction. Yeah. And so for Christ for the Nations more for me was of a time to just... Um, you know, there was a lot of healing that took place. You know, there's so many good uh, ministries that come through yeah. and uh, that you do get to kind of, oh, okay, let me look into this in my heart and try to get this right. And then it was just good just to be exposed and meet other people and um, just kind of help you figure out what you really believe, yeah. especially out away from any church's influence. Be like, okay, well, if it's just me and my Bible, what do I really believe about God? And... Um, so it was a good time. It was a good yeah. time for me. And then, of course, I met my wife there, so which was amazing. Same here. So. <laughs> Same here. Bible school was interesting because, like you said, in the temperament mm. test, both me and Carl are melancholies mm. uh, and similar in our temperaments, uh, which is why we get along mm-hmm. and uh, usually like to be alone mm-hmm. or with very few people uh, that we trust and love and, and yeah. know. And, and we want to know, like he said, we want to know the truth behind yes. it. Yeah, uh, and when you go to Bible school, it is, you find out very quickly what you, what you know, what you believe, what you don't believe. Mm. Um, and it pushed me down this journey of Bible school because I would go to one class and this professor mm. with whatever theological stance he had would teach and preach this passage, this you know, whatever the class was about. Then I would go to another class and a new teacher would get up and talk and then they would sometimes use the same scripture Mm. and they would preach the complete opposite. And then you would go to a lecture where there was a guest speaker, a missionary, an evangelist, an apostle, somebody coming, Mm -hmm. and they would preach and they would preach something Mm. completely different. And you'd have three different opinions and you don't know what to believe. Yeah. And I said, well, I don't believe that guy and she makes sense. And I don't know if that's completely true. And mm. so it sent me down this journey of two years of well, what do I believe yeah. and, and why do I believe it? Is it because so-and-so mm-hmm. said so, or my old pastor said it, or yeah. this guy? Um, and I also met my wife there. So mm-hmm. that was a, that was a plus <laughs> as well. So yeah. So after CFNI, you're married. Uh, how do you continue the, the path with sure. counseling. So, yeah, so a couple years into working a full-time job that I quickly realized was not in my passion wheelhouse okay. or not in a, a desire to be there, um, felt more like a prison sentence. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I think we've all had a job or two like yes. that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I just started, you know, wanting to get more involved with counseling and helping people and um, and on more of like a real practical level, like, hey, I want something that people can take away. And I always was interested in the temperament, um, you know, profiling system. So I don't know. I'm not exactly sure. I'd have to really think about it. But somehow it just started. I was like, hey, I want to get certified in this. And so I found a school um, and or the program that did the temperament test. And, you know, they had some classes that you needed to take. So I... I hooked up with one of their um, teachers, and they actually lived in McKinney. Uh, they don't anymore, but 
Uh, she helped me start the program, and I got through a couple of the phases where at least you get certified, so now you can give uh, the temperament test, and that was part of their practicum, was actually doing like 30 of these temperament tests, yeah. and uh, which was really good because you really learn a lot about people. Yeah. Now, the temperament test was, it was not the all-to-all, all, so it was a good roadmap to better understand somebody Mm -hmm. and it's extremely valuable i think in a marriage setting where now you can see well this is why your husband is asking you the same question because he's wired different or he's wired this way or for example hey that behavior is making your husband feel like you're trying to control him and his temperament doesn't like to be controlled and so i think it's really helpful so i did see it as a extremely valuable tool but then also wanting to go further and deeper to really help people get free and always having this in the back of my mind that, you know, that's what Christ did is he, when he encountered people, he set them free. Yeah. And, and I was like, and I just always believe that counseling should be that is when you walk away, you should be closer to freedom. Yeah. So do you think with counseling, it should be a, a lifelong journey with a therapist or counseling should be shorter than longer? Um, so I am a little bit liberal in my counseling beliefs. So, and maybe I should, maybe we should. So here's some of my beliefs, right? Take it or leave it. Um, yeah. But here's what I think that really should happen. And there's, you know, a lot of, different streams of counseling, but I think counseling should be shorter. Um, and I really believe that they, it should be more specialized, you know, just like uh, medical doctors, you know, mm-hmm. when a medical doctor goes and he's like, Hey, I'm going to specialize in bones or I don't even know yeah, what's no, the right way bones to say is right. <laughs> he's like, that's all I'm going to focus on is just bones and I'm going to become an expert and bones. Yeah. And I really think that counseling, you need to kind of approach it with that mindset is like, hey, if you are, if your faith system is Christian, then, and if you're struggling with Christian um, issues, then yeah, you should go to a Christian counselor. Um, And then ultimately though, um, yeah, I think that's where I was going. But again, and it's for the help of, hey, you know, you can get in there and figure out what the issue is and get the tools that you need and then move on. Um, Now there are, and there's different types of counseling because, you know, I'm not downgrading or downplaying, you know, there's a lot of people like, uh, let's just take addictions, right? So there's different types of addictions and there's people that specialize in it. And, you know, gambling addiction most Christian counselors aren't an expert on gambling addiction. And so you probably should go to a gambling addiction specialist and get some really good tools in your tool belt. Um, But when you're ready and when you're brave enough to finally face, well, what's the core of this issue? Like what are you running from or what pain or what lie are you believing? Then you probably need to go to a Christian counselor and allow them to help you. And here's the thing that what we believe that sets it apart from any type of counseling is we have a third party. You know, we really believe that 
we're just the facilitator and we're just helping you have a meeting with a true living God. Yeah. And we believe that he want he knows what's holding you back and 9 times out of 10 it's a lie that you believe to be true about yourself. Mm-hmm. And so and he's the truth. So if we can get him to bring the the real truth to you, it will eradicate the lie. Yeah, I mean that that would I mean that makes sense. I mean even in ministry and pastoral encounters I think I lean toward that belief as well. Mm. If we can just bring people to Jesus, if we mm. can just get them to Jesus, it's he that the sun sets free is immediately free indeed. I mean, mm-hmm. there's there's no weight limit. There's no uh, time limit. There's yeah. there's there's nothing of, well, uh, you've got to wait till you become a Christian for six months or, mm. you know, you, you give enough or you go to a church for two years. The encounter with Jesus, and we see that all throughout the scriptures, is life-changing. Yeah. Um, I see it very clearly in the Gospels that when people have an interaction with Jesus, mm-hmm. it's either a positive one or a negative one. It either mm-hmm. propels them to Jesus where they fall in love with him and they say, I'll serve you forever, yeah. or it's a negative one where they run away, they try and kill him, they deny mm-hmm. him, you know, these things. That yeah. that when you encounter the gospel, you're only going to have really two reactions. It's going to pull you into him like a magnet, uh, a positive and negative bringing you together, or it's going to be polar opposites and it's going to push you away and say, mm. I don't want anything to do with it. Yeah. Um, and so when you're going to counseling in a Christian base, one that uh, has the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead inside mm-hmm. of them, and they can hear things, they can hear God speaking to them and encourage them and, and probe maybe a different question that you've never heard before or an encounter that yeah. you've never had before um, to... Because the ultimate goal is for you to be healthy. I mm-hmm. think that's that's yeah. what it should be in, in every counseling. That if you're going to the same counselor or you're going, this is at least my thought process. If I if I'm mm-hmm. whether it's counseling or whatever, if I'm going yeah. to somebody to help me lose weight, or I go to somebody in the gym and I've been with him for six days a week mm-hmm. and I don't see improvement, I don't see anything at all. Well, I'll give him another week or something. But if yeah. I stay with that same guy at the gym for six years and I still don't have a six pack mm-hmm. and I still don't have muscles and I'm still fat and flabby or whatever, yeah. then why are you still with that guy? You've got to, you know, yes. so there's got to be some self-evaluation of am I, am I changing? Is this, mm-hmm. is this person helping me in the counseling process? And I think there's a lot of um, on yourself. Mm-hmm. Am I taking to heart what they're saying, the instructions? You know, yeah. you can give me as much counseling as I need, but if I'm not listening mm-hmm. or I'm not following that advice, putting those tools in my tool belt uh, to help me on my life, then yeah. what are we doing? Yeah. Well, and I think that's a great uh, lead into why so many people don't get counseling because it's very common uh, in today women are way more willing to get counseling than men. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, depending on how they were raised and what parts of the country they were raised in, um, counseling is associated with weakness. Yeah. And which is not surprising because also, you know, and the, she's still fighting this, but not too recently, vulnerability 
meant weakness as well. And now we've seen that, no, actually, vulnerability is more to do with strength. So it's not, you know, that far off that... And it's a stigma that they're still trying to fight. And I'll give you an example. You know, I think you probably picked up on it, but I listen to a lot of podcasts and pastors in their podcasts. Well, pastors are just now admitting that they use counselors. So, yeah. but five years ago, a Christian counselor who, you know, I'm sorry, a Christian pastor yeah. or a Christian leadership, they wouldn't admit that they were in counseling. Correct. Yeah. And so it's just now becoming okay in society and actually acceptable. Um, and now almost kind of like, Hey, if you're a Christian in a high leadership role, like you should be in counseling, you, yeah. you know, your pressures are different. And so, and that's where eventually, cause you know, in the business side, life coaching is really big Yeah, and it's almost acceptable. Like, Oh, you have a life coach to help you with your business plan or you have a life coach to help you with this aspect. It's just a better name. It's a better, yeah. <laughs> Anything <laughs> and, uh, with coaches. All right, let's yes. go do it. We're going to go win and, and beat the team. And, exactly. As and, opposed to counselor where like, yes. Oh, what's wrong with you? Why is, why is your brain messed up? Why yes. do you cry so much? So, and which, you know, is, you know, which hopefully people that listen to this will realize that, Hey, counseling is for everybody, you know? And then, you know, it's interesting. The higher up you go in society, and I think if you even look at, you know, the kings of old, the more counselors they had. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, I mean, so it needs to be that, hey, it doesn't mean you're sick. Uh, healthy people go to counseling, mm. um, you know, or if you're, you have an issue, you know, go to counseling. And you know what? If you have to call it life coaching, call it life coaching. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it takes to help you. And that's where, okay, my new kind of belief about counseling, because, uh, you know, now that I've worked with a lot of people, I was shocked of how many people I talked to that it didn't feel like a counseling session. It felt like a time where I think this person is here just because they don't have a best friend to talk to. And so, like, I think, you know, the times that we get together and talk and it's like, Oh, that's so helpful. It's so therapeutic for us to kind of hash through our issues and and then talk about things. And when we talk about it, we realize, oh, you know what? Maybe this situation wasn't that bad. Or, or yeah. just the fact that another human being is listening yeah. uh, gives it value or gives me value that say, hey. And uh, I was quite shocked of how many people you know, didn't have major issues but probably just didn't have a safe place to talk to yeah. that was... Uh, judgment-free yeah. and fully loving and accepting. And I think this is a place where the church and all Christians could capitalize on. Like, we could be that place. Like, yeah. we don't have to go to school and get a master's degree. Um, we could be the lay counselors or just, you know, the loving friends that so many people need. Yeah. And then, you know, to jump back a step where people on their own, you know, I think people just have to get to the place where they have to recognize when something, there's a symptom. And I think, you know, just like we were talking earlier, our bodies will talk to us yeah. and tell us, hey, this symptom is happening because there's a bigger issue. Yeah. Well, emotionally, when you lose control and you get it maybe in anger you lash out in anger or you lose control and you can't respond that's your body telling you something emotionally 
is wrong. Mm. And so if we can either ignore it and put on our tough guy and say, well, this is the way my dad did it, and he just, you know, threw the rock and hit the kid or yeah. and dealt yeah. with his problems with that. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, or we have to, you know, just kind of grow a little bit and say, okay, you know what? I, I am responding in a way that is greater than what the situation calls for. Or maybe I'm responding to my wife in a greater measure than what, you know, whatever issue she did, it doesn't fit the punishment. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't fit it. And then, so we have to pause and say, okay, are we going to do something with that? Are we going to look into it and try to figure it out? Or are we just going to keep going on with life and keep getting the same results? So, So maybe I'm here to encourage everyone is like, hey, pay attention to your emotional well-being and be brave enough to look into it and find, you know what, if you don't want to go to a counselor, find a friend that you can talk to or find a pastor that you can talk to. And I think that's where a lot of this starts is we have to be willing to say, hey, something's off. I need to talk to somebody. And, And my goodness, there's so many, you know, resources out there and and you know what? If you and if you can't find someone, you know, in a Christian realm, then there's tons of secular counseling. But yeah. you have to realize that their model is a little different. Their model is long term, and yeah. they're going to band aid the symptom, and they're going to give you good tools to know how to deal with it. But they're not really there to solve the main problem yeah. or the main issue in your heart. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean the. At the end of probably all issues is going to be a heart issue. Mm-hmm. Is going to be something in your soul. If yeah. if you're not saved, it's that longing for Jesus to fill mm. that emotional pain in yeah. whatever capacity. Yeah. Um, you know, we we can see throughout the Gospels, we can see throughout Jesus dying on the cross that, that he dealt with embarrassment, he dealt with rejection, yeah. he dealt with loneliness. I mean, he dealt with all of these emotions, anger yeah. and, and sadness and frustration. He, he dealt with all those as he was going to the cross. And if he, if he experienced them and he dealt with them, then that means he's provided freedom for it on the other mm. side. Yeah. And that we need to pursue that mm-hmm. uh, first. And then we always encourage people that with the Holy Spirit inside of us as Christians, his name in the Gospels over and over and he is referenced as the helper. Mm, he's referenced yeah. as the counselor. Yes. He's referenced as the teacher. Yeah. And, you know, I've had a lot of nicknames growing mm. up. Um, you know, throughout my life, people have called me a lot of names. Um, but the Holy Spirit himself, his nicknames are helper. Mm-hmm. Uh, that if you need help, the Holy Spirit yeah. that's inside of you, that's his job yeah. to help. If you need counseling, mm-hmm. um, he can lead you and guide you to to the proper channels to, to get yeah. that counseling. If you need uh, to learn something, to understand something, he's the teacher. Yeah. Uh, it says that he's going to point you to all things that Jesus mm-hmm. has said. And it's it's understanding that... The body of Christ is hopefully being used and people are opening up to just wanting to help people. Yeah. Just knowing that there is a hurting, dying world out there. I mean, you can turn on the news, you can read social media, uh, you can just see 
the pain and suffering of people and the mm-hmm. mask that people put on yeah. uh, and things that people use to cover up not dealing with those emotions. Mm-hmm. And I'm guilty of it myself of mm-hmm. just, you know, you don't want to deal with those things because yeah. they're tender, they, they hurt, yeah. they're embarrassing, they're frustrating. Um, and it's, it's so valuable to have uh, Carl as my counselor and <laughs> as a very close friend that, that we can sit down and we can crack jokes and we can talk and, and laugh about things. And then a couple seconds later, we're, we're diving into spiritual things or we're diving into um, things going on in our families and, and mm-hmm. how we're treating our spouses or how we're treating our kids or what's going on at work. Yeah. And uh, we can e- encourage mm-hmm. each other. Mm-hmm. Um, there's that he can say, and he's brought correction to me at times of like, hey, you don't need to be saying that. You know, why are you thinking that? Mm. And, and yeah. I think it's another thing that's made it easier as uh, talking with Carl from a counselor slash friend position is he never brings judgment in mm. the questions that he asks because it's yeah. it's very easy for if anybody to come up and say something or me and him having a conversation and him being like, I mean, you've been saved for how many years? Like, mm. you're a pastor on staff. Like, why do you believe that? Like, you know that's a lie. That's not, you know, that's dumb. Like, you know, it'd be so easy uh, to criticize people, but mm. it, it's been such a blessing with him and, and experiencing his side of counseling uh, that the questions that he asks, I think that's probably one of the most important mm. things that I would think yeah. is that when the counselor asks those questions, asking them in love mm-hmm. makes me want to open up more, makes yeah. me start thinking like, okay, maybe he's on to something. Maybe mm-hmm. he's seeing something that I'm not seeing as opposed to, I mean, it says in the scriptures that a harsh answer, turn, I mean, a harsh, it turns yeah. my wrath, you know? Yeah. So, um, but I think that we can, really grow as a person and grow as a church Yeah. if the church itself, not just the, you know, do you think that, I guess, pastors, you talk about your pastor getting burned mm-hmm. out from doing so mm-hmm. much counseling. Like, yeah. uh, I know we've had this discussion before that there mm-hmm. should be a counseling pastor that, that mm-hmm. specializes on staff. I mean, <clears throat> you know, I... I definitely believe that now um, <clears throat> because it takes a unique person. I think not everybody is gifted um, to offer non-judgment or, yeah. you know, and I think, you know, I think the days of old are when the pastor had to do everything. I think we know too much now about not only temperaments, but just skills. Like, you know, yeah. we see it in corporate America. They don't hire one person to do marketing and also accounting. You know, those yeah. are two different skill sets. And so I think the church need, and, and you know, I think we've started to see that now is, but where, hey, like even, you know, there are some people that are really gifted at communications, but administratively yeah. or leadershiply, like that's not their skill. Yeah. And that's okay now. It's like, yeah, God gives all different skills. So I am a big fan that somebody, one who has the passion Which I for I think it, goes back to your your statement earlier about vulnerability. Yeah. Especially in, in the, the pastoral, uh, in, in ministry world mm-hmm. where you're supposed to, for whatever reason we've been, we've been told and we don't see it in the scriptures where we have to carry everything. I mean, yeah. M- Moses carried all these people to mm-hmm. the promised land, but God 
even comes down and says, hey, you need to figure out. He uses his father-in-law to come and say, you've got to figure out how to break this apart or it's going to kill you. And so it's like you said earlier. The, the pastor coming to this vulnerable place of, you know, although God has called me to shepherd these people, mm-hmm. um, I can bring other shepherds in yeah. uh, to facilitate the needs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I think one key to that, and I'll, I'll say this in case you have any other young pastors who are getting into it or, you know, because st- as a pastor, you're still going to be doing a lot of counseling. Yes. So it's just part of the territory. Yeah. And I think one um, truth that really helps pastors, you know, when you're counseling, when you're more of a facilitator, it immediately takes the burden off of you to feel like you have to fix this person yeah. or you're responsible. And it really puts it back on Jesus. And then it's more of, it's up to that individual, like, you know, because God is a gentleman and he will present the truth and he will lead them down that path, but it's still up to them to walk through that. Yeah. And so, but for anybody, you know, getting into counseling or lay counselors or pastors who have a lot of counseling is one thing I, I do want them to know. It's like, hey, it's not up to you. You don't have that pressure and you get to just show up. And I, so, and this is where I think why you should have someone specialized in it is because when I go to a counseling session, I treat it just like a Sunday service. So I am going into it expecting the Holy Spirit to lead this meeting. I'm those questions that you brought up earlier. I cannot tell you how many of those questions were from God. Like, I don't even know why he said, you know, ask about the green truck. And the green truck (laughs) led to an incident with their uncle, and the uncle said, you'll (laughs) never amount to anything. And that's why they're striving to try to become something is because they're trying to fight this. And then, you know, so it's like, and so I really believe it's a God-inspired time, and all the gifts of, um, you know, of the Holy Spirit are there to be used to get this person uh, set free. Yeah. As we kind of wind down and uh, finish this podcast, number one, thank you for all that mm-hmm. information. Um, hopefully that's steering everyone who listens and encourages and challenges people just to look at counseling at a, at a different light, yeah. um, just to, to second guess, you know, like I said earlier, my preconceived notions of what marriage counseling mm-hmm. was going to be and what I experienced with uh, Carl's pastor was completely different, but mm-hmm. it was life-changing. It was life-altering. It was it was freeing for me personally and our marriage and, and really yeah. helped us um, that w- we believe that God can lead us to the counselor that we need that mm-hmm. can help us, that we yeah. can ask God to, to bring somebody across our path to help us uh, on this walk with life, whether it's a pastor, whether it's a counselor um, outside of the ministry mm-hmm. world or um, whether it's a counselor inside the ministry world that that we can go and talk to and, and that God's placing the keys and the tools in their hands for them mm-hmm. to distribute that to us yeah. to help us um, be healthy. And so um, as we finish, I guess I just want to give you a, a big question, I guess, that how can you encourage the listener um, just something easy, a step or two on how they can just walk into a more healthy lifestyle, Mm. emotionally, spiritually, you know, (laughs) physically, just, you know, they're listening to this conversation. They're saying, "Ah, you know, 
I did act out in anger. You know, I had some road rage when I was driving to do this, or, you know, I was at church and, and somebody said something and it rubbed me the wrong way, or me and my spouse aren't getting along, like, um, but maybe I should think about counseling. But um, what are some, some practical steps that a person can, I guess, check themselves, which we've kind of talked about, but to help them walk toward an, an emotional, healthy lifestyle? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think one thing that I always tell people is uh, it starts with balance. And if you look at your life and you notice that you're out of balance in one area, um, a lot of times just getting yourself back in balance will help uh, adjust every other area. I guess probably like when you go to a chiropractor. (laughs) But uh, a lot of people, you know, if they're going through stuff, they start to neglect their social life. And, you know, that's a key element that, no, you need to have a good, healthy social life. You need to have a friend that you can reach out to. And then if you're a married couple, you you need to have a married couple friend that you guys can go and talk to and mm. kind of be real with and have that time. Um, and then, of course, if your work life is out of balance and you're letting your work stress you out, well, that stress is going to affect other areas. So one is just kind of take a a realistic look at your life and say, am I balanced? You know, and then, you know, another aspect of that is what are you doing that brings you joy? Like, you know, uh, for me recently, it's been mountain biking and I've been trying to go out and man, it really brings me joy. I I feel refreshed when I'm done with it. I, I feel like I can think better. I feel better healthy. Um, And so that, you know, finding Mm -hmm. an outlet that brings you joy, you know, a lot of men, it's fishing or hunting, a lot of women and, I don't know, cooking or cleaning. I don't know. Sure. That'll sound right. <laughs> That's a joke. <laughs> but, you know, whatever they enjoy, crafts, hobbies, Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, maybe it's going out and just, you know, going to entertainment venues. Um, but whatever brings you joy, like, let that be. That's okay to make that a priority in your life. Yeah. <clears throat> and then other, I'd say the two other big areas, um, one is your thought life. You know, you wouldn't believe how much our thoughts uh, create and guide our world. <clears throat> and pay attention to that. Um, I'll say one bi- one thing that is really sad is too many people are not their biggest fans. You know, you there's enough hardship that's going to come your way in this world. There's enough difficulties, especially if you work for someone, you don't own your own business, or maybe even own your own business and you have employees. Yeah. You know, um, and then family, you know, there's just all these different areas that are going to be hard. Don't let you be another one. Like yeah. you be the one person who's on your team and that mm. is your biggest cheerleader. Yeah. And pay attention to thoughts that are not encouraging. Pay attention to thoughts that are, if you have too many self-doubt thoughts, that's probably a key in, or an indication um, you know, another thought if you if people have was one where like, ah, oh, well, they don't really they don't really want to get to know me or they don't really. Wanna, it doesn't matter if I go to this event, who's going to notice? Yeah. That's an unhealthy thought. Hmm. A healthy thought is I'm people are lucky to be my friend. And if I don't go to that event, I'm robbing an encounter with, you know, yeah. from somebody like I'm a gift to be around. Yeah. And I know that's a weird way, but um so if you can help guard your thoughts and just, you know, let this brain be a place 
where positive thoughts grow. And because the funny thing is, if you will start to treat yourself different and think positively, positively about yourself, yeah, it will spill over in how you interact with others as well. Absolutely. No, that's all, all great advice. What's the name of your pastor again? Sure. So he's Pastor Larry Lowe, and I'm pretty sure if you Google him, he has a website, and he has quite a few really good books. Yeah. Um, and then if for anybody wanting to get into lay counseling, I push them towards his training material. It's, a, it's only $200, but it gets the greatest results for somebody wanting to get into this and to really help others. And if people, they've heard about the temperament <clears throat> test, um, <throat> is there a specific website to go to that people could find somebody in their area that does <clears throat> it? I mean, is there anything that you're aware of um, that they can do? I mean, outside of just Googling and doing more research? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'll put myself out there. Uh, you know, people can look me up on Facebook, Carl Van Wy, and I would be happy to help you. Because <clears throat> a lot of this stuff we can do remotely if yep. they'd want to get a temperament test. And uh, there is a fee to it. I, I can't remember. I'd have to look it up. Maybe it's $45 or something. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but it, And if they are looking for more one-on-one time, yeah. I do have a few resources that I could look up and say, okay, well, here's a group um, in your area that would be a good place for you to reach out to. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time, Carl. I appreciate you taking time out of your uh, vacation to sit and talk with me um, mm-hmm. on on microphone for uh, probably a lot longer than we should have. But um, <laughs> that was a true blessing to to hear. Hopefully, all the listeners, um, you've got a different outlook on counseling now. That mm-hmm. that you know, it, mental health uh, is now becoming trendy. It's mm-hmm. it's becoming um, almost too popular. You know, they're just <laughs> throwing that term out there, um, that you're actually hopefully working toward becoming mentally healthy with Jesus uh, on your side. Mm -hmm. And Carl's definitely uh, provided a lot of resources if you want to dive deeper into that. If you're listening on, found us on Apple Podcasts, or you're listening to us on Spotify, um, we are based out of a church in South Carolina. You can go to our website, presschurch.org, find out more information on us here our sermons and uh, and see what we're all about. If you're in the South Carolina area and you'd love to come visit us, you can also find our address on there. So we'd love to have you and thank you for this time and we will catch back with you on another time. Take care. Thank you for listening to Press Church Podcast. If you would like more information about us or are interested in giving to our ministry, you can click the link in our bio or visit presschurch.org. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Press Church SC and have a great week.